start this time hello Dun-dun. are you gonna do that all the time Dun-dun. keep going hello Dun-dun. and welcome Dun-dun. back Dun-dun. to scream Dun-dun. 101 Dun-dun. i'm sergio and i'm brennan and this is the first week of aquatic horror month someone's on a sugar rush i see we watched jaws we also had yogurt land and i think you're on a little bit of a sugar high whatever uh you're one to talk because last night you went crazy <laughs> I think that needs a little more context. I don't think it does. Moving on. Uh, we, no, um, he just, he was on a sugar high because you ate some, what did you even have? I had a mocha mint frappuccino. Oh, yes. So it was caffeine and sugar. See, I'm not that crazy. Okay. Anyway. Um, what this, did I do that made you think I went crazy? You just started talking all fast and loud, and that's so unusual, as when? listeners to this podcast should know. When? Well, last night. I wasn't talking fast and loud. Yeah, you got all like excited and you started hitting me for no reason. When did I hit you? Oh, I mean when I was doing the my imitation of Brennan. You mean me? Yeah, when I was doing the. Oh yeah, like a little raptor dance of, of which I am not aware I've ever performed, you but have. he insists that I have. You have. Anyway, this is the first week of Aquatic Horror Month. We don't have any ten word reviews for you, because um, we're actually recording this really close to our last recording of Your Vice's Locked Room and only I have the key, um, because that one got a little delayed. Anyway, so here's the plot of Jaws, as read from the back of my 25th anniversary collector's edition, which Ooh, means... Bragger alert. No, it means I somehow procured this DVD in the year 2000. <laughs> or you bought it, like, at Book Off 10 Maybe. years later. I don't, I, don't, I don't remember ever buying Jaws. It just appeared in my collection so one day. So you stole it. I don't, no, I'm saying I don't remember ever obtaining it. I just have had it. Okay, continue. You can read the little plot now. Yeah, I was going to. Go ahead. Uh, Steven Spielberg directed this classic film that became one of the most enduring action suspense films of all time. Nope, there's no, there's actually no plot on this. It just describes how Jaws is awesome, but doesn't say anything that it's about. But look, everybody in the world knows what Jaws is about. It's about a shark that's attacking people on Amity Island, and Sheriff Brody wants to kill the shark, and he goes into the water. With three of them, and two of them come out of the water. He went with a crew of three? Yeah, Quint Quint and Hooper and Sheriff Brody. Okay. That's three. Okay. So he went with a group of them. Sorry. Keep going. I mean, that was kind of it. It's a very simple plot. Yeah. This is the movie that more or less started blockbuster filmmaking as we know it, and birthed a lot of ripoffs, including a lot of films we'll be watching later this month. Yay. And excited for all of them. Good. And my personal favorite. Sharknado. Are we watching that? No, we're not. Okay. I'm lying. I don't. I mean, I'm fascinated by Sharknado, but it's not going on any lists. <laughs> anyway, as always, we review films on scariness, campiness, uh, campiness, FX, and quality. And I want to know, were you scared by Los Jaws? Yes, I was. Yes, I was. I, what do you rank it? I ranked it a three. Okay, why? 
Well, well, sorry. You asked me like a question, like if I was scared and then you were waiting for me to say something else. Yeah. Like talking. Okay. This um, is a podcast. This is what we do. So I don't know, man. <laughs> Technology changes so much these days. Um, a three. And why did I give it a three? You don't ask. Um, I'll tell you. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I need to ask. You're supposed to tell me. That's the implication. Know, it's a back and forth, Brennan. It's a really good dynamic we have where I say something and you say something. Uh-huh. I just, I'm supposed to give a spiel. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, a three. Uh, there were some scenes that I kind of jumped at. The dead body scene where the guy is under the water. Spoiler alerts, there's a guy under the water. Oh, yeah, we're spoiling Jaws, not that it matters. Um, it's a shark. They blow it up. Uh, like, one, Is it the professor dude who's under the water like examining the boat? Yeah, the oceanologist guy. Uh-huh. And he like goes up to a hole in, the, in this boat that they found um, in the middle of the, I don't know, was it a lake? Ocean? It was Amity Bay. It's an ocean. Okay. Um, this isn't Shark Night 3D. It's not a lake full of sharks. <laughs> um, so he goes up to this hole, and then like you're just well, we're expecting nothing, I guess. All of a sudden, like this dead body just swings forward, and I'm like, oh god! And I got I jumped for that. Oh yeah, we both jumped. No, we both jumped. It was super embarrassing, and that's also the reason I'm giving it a three out of five screams. Woo! For literally no other scene than that one. That one scene warranted a three for you? Yeah. No, it's so rare that a movie can get me to jump like that, mm-hmm. especially one from 1975. It's true. And especially one that I've seen before. Mm-hmm. Like, I totally forgot that scene happened, and mm-hmm. it just got me. It, was, yeah. <laughs> it freaked me out. Yeah. I think it's safe to say that, like, most people have seen this movie multiple times. Um, so, like, rewatching it, there were there was some chilling effects that this movie had on me. I thought it was kind of suspenseful. Yeah, no, like Steven that. Spielberg is good at suspense. Mm-hmm. There are certain things, like the scene where the they think the shark is in the water, but it turns out to be a hoax, but it turns out the shark's actually where his son is in the mm-hmm. little baby pond. Mm-hmm. And like that kind of misdirection. And there's lots of scenes. Yeah, um, the misdirection was really noticeable in this one scene where uh, these guys are attaching something to like a pier. Yeah, they, they have like a... Like it's a, it's a fish hook, mm-hmm. but it, they attach it by a chain to the uh, to the dock of the bay, mm-hmm. and um, uh, like part of the dock breaks away, and it takes with one of them away with them. So he has to swim back to the rest of the dock, mm-hmm. and as he's going along, you see like that other tail end part of the dock swim more closely, closely, closely. Yeah, because it's it's tied to the shark, uh-huh, so, so it's moving with the shark's movements. Mm-hmm. And you just like, oh, crap. But then eventually you see it just wash a ward onto the sea, onto the land. And so that was cool. Yeah, absolutely. I think, like, the the first hour of this movie is pretty great. Yeah. It's essentially a slasher movie with a shark. Mm-hmm. And as much as people make that comment about Jaws 2, which I haven't personally seen, uh, I don't think they noticed that it was, it's been happening this whole time. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, did anything else scare you? Um, no, uh, I think you're you hit the nail on the head there when you said that the first hour was like you know spot on. Yeah. Uh, second hour wasn't that bad, but it was just it dragged in quite a few scenes. It's um, this movie would have earned a higher score from me if it was able to like maintain the momentum of suspense, uh-huh. and it was able to cut down on some of the boring aspects or the nothingness of the second and third act. Yeah, no, I I totally agree. I hate it. I was looking on Letterboxd, which is a movie app for those who don't have it. If you don't have it, you should get it. And all of my friends who have watched this movie have rated it 9 out of 10, 10 out of 10, just like across the board. Mm-hmm. And I'm not there. I think Spielberg's an incredible filmmaker, but 
during most of the second hour of this movie, I was imagining I was watching Jurassic Park instead. Mm. <laughs> because <clears throat> there are, there's a lot of iconography in this movie at this point that's so well known in the movie community. There's like, you gotta get a bigger boat. But also they don't mention about how he keeps trying to make that line happen. He keeps repeating it. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, that's not a complaint really. It's just context. But just the second not the size of the boat, but the motion of the ocean. Yeah, exactly. Um, but the the second hour of the movie is just them out on the ocean trying to find the shark, and their interactions. The three characters: the sheriff, Quint, the weird grizzled shark pirate man, and I liked um, Quint. did you? Not really. No. Okay. Yeah. I don't. He was charming. He's funny, but he's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. He's a cartoon character. Very folksy. And he's real America. Well, I think I think Johnny Depp watched this character when he was preparing to play Jack Sparrow for the first time. I don't think so. No, there he are just many other characters that Jack Sparrow could be a ripoff of. I don't know. I wasn't there, <laughs> but he's just over the top as hell. And I know he's an iconic character, and I don't want to like make anyone mad. But I just don't like if you're gonna go with the character who ripped off this guy, Clint. Um, I think the best master of disguise. No, the best example you have is um, that guy who you who want to go on that rod over to the pet cemetery. Oh, Fred Gwynn in Pet Cemetery. Yeah, if they were say, exactly well, the same person. Well, because they had like east east coast accents. Those east coast accents. Yeah, that's what they have. Because they're in Maine, and they're both in Maine. Actually, both of those films are set in Maine. Really? Yeah. Okay. So it's a main accent? Apparently. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway. I still say that the guy's a ripoff of the of the other guy. You don't think so? I don't know about that. But like I'll, someone like, who's wise and like telling you to be careful about the path that you're about to set on. Okay, but that character is in every horror movie ever. They make fun of it in Cabin in the Woods. That character's the harbinger, like the person who knows more about everything. Okay. That's going and so on. I say that No, you're right, but I don't think there's a direct correlation other than their accents. Okay. Um I'm just saying there's more correlation between them two than say Johnny Depp and Clint. Whatever. That's fine. You can you're right, whatever. Okay, thank you. Uh, but um <laughs> no, basically that that character in every horror movie who's like you were saying he might as well be warning them not to like go up to that old house or uh-huh. go through the cemetery or whatever. I'll take that rod. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um but in every Paranormal Activity movie, that character is played by a Hispanic maid. <laughs> because really? Hispanic people know about mysticism and demons, you know? That's true. We saw that in, um, what was it? The Not the woods? The darkness? The Kevin Bacon one with, yeah. with Jenny the Yeah, the and demon. then like the, <laughs> the mom or an aunt or something and her niece come to save them. Like they're Mexican people. I don't remember that because oh. I pushed that movie out of my memory. Okay. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, the, the 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 second half doesn't really work for me. It's very repetitive. Um, it's the one place where they use the shark animatronic the most, mm-hmm. and it mostly looks pretty good, but yeah. it's also the part where it exposes the most flaws because it's on screen the most. Mm-hmm. And because everybody knows this shark was not working. He was... Well, we know that now. No, I know, but everyone knows, like, the lore uh-huh. of this movie. Everyone knows his name is Bruce, I assume. Unless they're what? just, like... spoilers? 
<laughs> yeah, was that is that revealed in Jaws three? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, but like no, the the shark animatronic was not working super well, and there are certain shots where that is clear. And I don't know; these things sound really petty, and maybe they are because Jaws is a classic, and I recognize that a lot of it is very very good. Mm-hmm. Just the second half, I don't appreciate being stuck with those three particular gentlemen for an hour mm-hmm. because. I really like the character of Hooper, played by Richard Dreyfus, because he's sardonic and comments on everything. Mm-hmm. And I felt like he really gets me. Uh-huh. He's like an audience surrogate for for me, at least. Who was Hooper again? He was the one with the beard and the curly hair, the oceanographer okay, guy. Okay, okay. So let's. I think talking about Hooper's character is a great way to segue into campiness. Okay, that's so probably smart. In. What did you give your? Uh, what was your campiness score? I give it two out of five perms. Yay! As did I. Okay. I want to know what you picked for campiness. Like, what's um, what's your demonstration? There are moments that are fun and provide a... What? Okay, I'm not going to say that. Uh, like, do you remember when Clint is talking to Hooper? And he's kind of scolding him about something on the boat. All of a sudden, Clint turns around and Hooper does his weird little Yeah, face. he's like sticking his tongue out at him. And he's and mocking him. It's very childish. and <sighs> It's just... It's very Spielberg-y. Like, it's very childish and light. And even though this movie is a lot heavier than, say, you know, E.T. or... Uh-huh. What else has he done? Jurassic Park. It was just what was later. The color Purple. Color Purple's. I mean, dark. the stuff before that? Like, well, E.T. came movies. after Jaws. Oh, kids movie. Hook. Hook? He did Cook? Hook. He did Hook? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Like, you know, stuff like that. It's very much still part of his. Family adventure. Yes. Movie. Indiana Jones, he did. Yes. He did that. He, I think, produced uh, Super 8, right? Uh, I think J.J. Abrams produced that. Or did he direct it? I think he I directed it Super and produced it. I remember enjoying it okay. Uh-huh. I, whatever, Super 8 was heavily influenced by Spielberg, uh-huh. whether or not he was involved in the production. Okay. It was trying to be a Spielberg movie. Um, but, no, I, I agree. The, the, the character of Hooper is funny in an intentional and good way, I think. Uh-huh. The character of Quint is funny in an unintentional way. Uh-huh. <laughs> At least for me. Like, there's a great... The opening scene where, um, where Quint is introduced, because um, there's, like, this press conference about the shark that's attacking Amity, and he scratches his nails down this chalkboard oh, to get the attention of the Oh, yes. Room. That part is a cool intro. Uh-huh. But then... You see that he has drawn on the board a picture of a shark eating a kid <laughs> in chalk, and it's hilarious. I didn't notice the kid getting eaten. I saw the shark. No, it's a shark with its mouth open, and there's someone like in between the jaws. <laughs> oh, I missed out. No, it's hilarious, and I I don't know to what extent Quint is supposed to be funny, but I find him incredibly laughable. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think he's a joke of a character. Yeah, I just I just have a thing about characters that straight men idolize people idolize clint quint quint his name's quint yeah i've been calling him clint yeah that's fine whatever okay that my job is to be the expert your job is to say words okay i mean you, whatever never mind um <laughs> i have the details words. to provide the receipts no but um like just i don't respond to like a lot of <laughs> to not to no pun intended quintessential like badass male characters like Han Solo I don't really respond to in Star Wars. I don't know if you could lump Han Solo in with Quint. No, they're totally different characters, but these are still characters that um like are masculine and like on a bunch of lists of like best movie characters and mm-hmm. they're 
I just feel like they're they exemplify different parts of this like masculine identity of like testosterone and gruff and I'm gonna scratch my nuts and shoot people with a gun. Okay. I didn't really take his character to be that. I just took him to be the kind of like expert and wizened old man. Yeah, no, like crusty old man. It's the role that Jeff Bridges would play that role now. Uh-huh. He's like an old gravelly man. Yeah. Or like uh like a like a like a Kurt Russell in his age. Uh-huh. But um, that's just something I don't respond to. Okay. Because I can't relate to those characters. Okay. And this one was a little silly. It felt like pageantry uh-huh. to me. Is that fair? Am I being too mean to this movie? Um, I think you are being just a little bit too mean, maybe cruel to these male characters. It's not their fault they're written this way. Well, so I should be cruel to the writer. Yes. Peter Benchley and that other guy. Spielberg? Spielberg did not write this. Oh. Then Benchley it is. Yes. Um, anyway, sorry. More campy stuff I, before I piss off everyone in the entire world. Um, this is this is one of the first blockbuster movies, a like big blockbuster summer movie. So the rules hadn't been cemented in yet. And I thought it was incredibly interesting that this movie was about a bunch of middle-aged men, which is not something you see a lot in blockbuster filmmaking anymore. What do you see now? Well, like, you know, you're Chris Pratt's and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but there's so many shirtless old men in this movie, and <laughs> I don't know what to do with that. Um, but anyway, like, literally, this movie was so old man-centric. The The eye candy is Richard Dreyfus, <laughs> which I'm pretty sure he's never the hottest person uh-huh. in the movie that he's in. Yeah. But it is the case this time. Not that that matters, but I'm just pointing it out. Um, one more can be seen. There's a scene um, where uh, the ch- sheriff, Chief Brody, his wife, like comes in and she kind of startles him. And mm-hmm. she's like, oh, you scared me. Because his startled reaction made her scared. It was mm-hmm. kind of funny. Yeah, that was brought back some memories, that scene. Um, anyway, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to rag on this because like, there's so much in this movie that's so good. Mm-hmm. I just, the second hour really wore me down this time. I wasn't feeling it. Okay. What's your effects score? My effects score? I gave it a three. Three out of five sharks. Three out of five teeth. Shark teeth. Okay, cool. Um, I did not really notice any glaring kinks with the shark itself. Oh, yeah. No, it it's a great shark. Uh-huh. I shouldn't have brought that up. That uh-huh. was mean of me. Like, I mean, if I'm going to nitpick, I guess the shark, just the way he kept thrashing back and forth in that last scene as he was going down. Uh-huh. Um, like... Yeah, it's clearly it's a fake shark, but um, if I was in the 70s, when was it released? 72? 75. 75. Um, I don't think I would have seen real sharks, like, up close or at uh-huh. all, like, beforehand. So I, Sharks I would, hadn't been invented until, like, 72, so. I mean, like, was National Geographic around by then? No, I'm. you know what? What I would want to know is if great white sharks were as well-known back then as they are now. Because uh-huh. I highly doubt it. Yeah, I highly doubt I mean, I agree. Um, I feel like this movie probably brought great whites into the, into the <laughs> into national into the conversation. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think I would be scared as a result of seeing just this huge oh, beast yeah. um, killing a man, eating him whole. Mm-hmm. I, I give it three out of five uh, sharks as well. Um, no, you're right. They... He, the when the effects do show up on screen, I do think they work. There's mm-hmm. like two shots where they don't, but they're so fast. Mm-hmm. You have to be looking for them, which I was because I was bored. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, 
but the the blood froth in the water is such a good effect and it's um i did like that mm-hmm. i don't know if that counts as an effect because it's just pouring like what blood into the water no it's an effect it's okay. making something look like something that is not okay um it's not a difficult effect but it looks good mm-hmm. and that's true of most of jaws um they had to work around the shark not, not working at all mm-hmm. it's like uh it's like the son of a millionaire not working um but i think the way that they worked around it was so genius most of the time like that the 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 pier scene you were talking about where the shark is dragging like a huge chunk of the pier with it uh-huh and so the motion of the pier signals the motion of the shark uh-huh. and at no point do you see anything of the shark you yeah. see no fin no nothing yeah exactly and like you, like using the shark fin using the pier using um the the pov shots um from the opening scene another slasher movie type situation but people say like oh the more something's kept off screen the scarier it is mm-hmm. and i that's I, not always true yeah as an effects aficionado i don't always agree with that assertion mm-hmm. but in this case it unequivocally works mm-hmm. the way that he implies the weight and strength of this creature mm-hmm. is incredibly powerful and he does a great job mm-hmm. i agree great oh. <laughs> um i also gave it a three wait no we already talked about my score yeah we? we did okay good so sorry you were just trailing off there that's okay what i want to your... hear you want to know my quality score yeah i don't know man this is a tough one for I'll me i'll go off first then yeah you tell me first uh i give it a four Okay, four out of five unlucky stars. Um, very lucky stars, I would say. Mm. Uh, this rating could have been higher, I will be honest with you. Um, maybe if I had been watching it in a slightly different mindset where I wasn't constantly looking at my phone. Uh, breaking <sighs> news happens so often now, Brendan, that I need to be aware. I know. Um, but uh, Stuff's going down in D.C. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I could have done with a much shorter... I mean, you've mentioned this already, a much shorter killer expedition or one that was the same length but had much more action in it. Um, By the second half, they really kind of did away with some of the suspenseful scenes. And it's just a lot of them kind of joking around and setting up and preparing to kill this shark. But this, how many days did the second half kind of go over? Two days and one night, as far as I can tell. Yeah, it was basically two days and one night of them just chilling around, like hunting the shark reeling it in and then it runs away again mm-hmm. and it's just endless yeah um and they could have condensed that uh-huh having said that this movie is a classic for a reason um if i had been in cinemas you know as a five-year-old watching this movie in 75 i would have been scared you know yeah no it, it, i would have wet good. my pants yeah i still per this watching and this is not a judgment on the quality of the film. It's more about my feelings right now. Mm-hmm. I still don't want to give it higher than a three out of five. What? I'm really feeling three out of five on this watch. Because there's so much about this movie that's so incredible. The mm-hmm. score, obviously. It's minimalist perfection mixed with John Williams' like score bombast. score was okay. Um, okay. No, we I were thought talking Jaws about this. theme was good. I didn't like the barrel theme. Yeah, Jaws theme is great. And there is... A, a theme we did, we dubbed the barrel theme because every time they tied a barrel to the shark, um, there was this like triumphant little ditty that was super mm-hmm. cheesy and yeah. totally undercut the tension. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, yeah, we, I was saying it, um, it's not John Williams's best score overall, 
but it's a great theme mm-hmm. that one part of it mm-hmm. and that's most of the score yep so i mean obviously that's incredible um i liked the character of hooper he was sardonic and interesting but the thing is once it pairs away all of the other characters around amity island like the stupid mayor and the wife and the children in peril when it's just these three dudes like not shaving out on the ocean i well i find the character of chief brody incredibly uninteresting mm-hmm. he hates the water and that's what we know about him and we don't know why and then at the end he's like i guess i don't hate the water anymore and i'm like why not you just found out what's in the I don't water think so i think he still hates it yeah, I guess he's well. He's joking. It's just like sarcastic. Yeah, yeah. It it was just a weird moment, and the film ends very abruptly, uh-huh. like as soon as the shark dies, which is a very seventies thing to do. But I kind of wanted to revisit the people of Amity for at least thirty seconds to just tell them, like, "Hey, we're cool. Like, let's let's have a come down after this hour long shark adventure." Well, I mean, this like town just faced like a series of murders or deaths in the span of a couple weeks so they're probably just all you know down in the dumps no i know but like the i want to see the relief on those parents faces or whatever i just i mean it's not gonna make their kids come back i know but i i found the the characters in and around amity incredibly colorful and interesting like there's a scene where the little boy gets eaten by a shark which like people who argue that jaws is not a horror movie a little boy gets eaten by a shark. Uh-huh. And there's a scene when, because um, there people on the beach are watching this happen, and they're running in and grabbing their kids out of the ocean, and there's this frenzy flurry of movement. And then as everyone starts to, like as people start to leave the tide, uh-huh. there's just one woman left on the beach, and yeah. that's the one whose son was eaten. Yeah. And she's the only one who doesn't have her counterpoint. Yeah, her child. She hasn't collected her, her brood. Uh-huh. And that's such a stark and powerful image it is especially when the raft rolls in and it oh. has holes on it and like the yeah. even blood on it um i'm not sure if there is is there blood a little bit okay um let's well, see that scene makes me want to do four out of five uh-huh. but it's un untethered by not in your opinion the bad outweighs the good in this movie very very slightly for me at least this time okay. i just didn't have the patience tonight okay. i think but like the first hour is a four out of five for sure. Uh-huh. Second hour, not so much. Okay. Um, but the, uh, this stuff's so good. I feel so bad. Nobody get mad at me. Or you can, but just please yeah, you be can. nice to me. Feel free Matt, to get mad at me. Feel free, you know. Please, please. Throw tomatoes at this guy. Here, please school me. Tell me why Jaws is incredible because it's hard to look at something that's this minted classic and view it as something new because it's so familiar. Uh-huh. So like there are parts that you take for granted that are incredible. Mm-hmm. Like when we watched Citizen Kane. Have you seen Citizen Kane? No, but I know you have. Yes. And you didn't like it, even though it is the best. Mm, maybe in terms of craft at the time. Narrative wise, no, not so much. Rosebud. Rosebud. Yeah, anyway, that that's that's my thoughts on Jaws. Do you have anything you want to add? Um, how are how are you feeling about this month so far? Are you excited about the next couple uh, weeks that we're doing? Yeah, I'm good. I'm excited to go see Citizen Kane now. Yeah, great. <laughs> um, okay, so that's us about to wrap up. We're going to tell you what we're watching next week after we tell you how to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at Scream101Pod. Yeah, you, I'll give you permission to yell at me about Jaws. I'm sorry, everyone. You can find us on Facebook at Scream101Podcast. You can find us on uh, email at <laughs> Scream101Podcast at gmail.com. 
Uh, you find us on iTunes. Subscribe, rate, and review us. Give us five stars. I mean, heck, I'll send you my copy of Jaws. I don't really want it anymore. <laughs> Rude. No, um, we'll give you a digital download copy of Nerve, starring Emma Roberts and or Dave Franco. Or Army Man. Or, Swiss, or whatever, whatever you want that we've mentioned before because nobody has taken us up on it. Yeah, you guys suck. And we'll throw in a Dirty Grandpa just for, for funsies. <laughs> and I don't want it anymore. <laughs> Poor Dirty Grandpa. Um, but yeah, so next week we're watching a movie. We're going deeper than Jaws. We're going bluer than Jaws. We're watching Deep Blue Sea. Whoa! I'm very, very excited. Oh, you're gonna have so much fun. I'm, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. So you've, you've seen it. I have seen it. Yeah, I, you like ocean movies, so you've seen a lot more of these than I have. Yeah, this month. they're fun getaway movies. I yeah. feel like I'm on vacation with a shark. With a shark, or many sharks, I think. In this one, I think there's a few. But we'll see. Mm-hmm. Catch you next. There's week a bird in this one. There's a bird on the lawn. In in what one? In Deep Blue Sea? Yeah. It's a parrot. Is it as good as the Shallows bird? No, it's no 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 bird can top Steven Seagal. Okay. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Please forgive me, Steven Spielberg and populace of the world. Good luck on your journey, everyone. Stay gold. Summer. This episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart. Hello there. I'm Uncle Ponyboy. Do you like suspense? Don't go in there! Buckets of blood and human excrement? Poor Pony! Gratuitous nudity with more boobies than you can handle? Let me see them. And radical hairstyles? Oh, yeah! Then you should check out the Gore Gab Podcast, hosted by yours truly and DJ Gill. You can find us on the iTunes Podcast Store and on Twitter at Gorgab Podcast. And while you're at it, go ahead and go check out cupholderradio.com. It's podcast for the weird at heart.